The Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Well, hello and a very good afternoon to you. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. It's just gone four o'clock on this Saturday afternoon, which means it's time for The Profile. This is the show where we delve into a person's life, faith and testimony. I'm really pleased to say we've got a special edition of the show today because we're digging back into the archives to 2016 to air an interview that John Pantry did with Keith Getty. Keith Getty, of course, is uh, known the world over for his modern hymns, most notably, of course, In Christ Alone that he co-wrote with Stuart Townend. And in this interview, John Pantry sat down with Keith Getty to find out more about his story. But before we get to it, just a reminder that this show is brought to you in association with Premier Christianity magazine, the UK leading Christian magazine. If you'd like a free sample copy of our very latest issue, we'd love to send you one. Just visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. Time now for the interview. Let's listen in. Hello, I'm John Pantry. When I heard that songwriter and musician Keith Getty was to be in London, I was determined to persuade him to pop into the Premier Studios to find out what was going on in his busy life. The request succeeded, but before we hear that interview, let's listen to the song that took his songwriting skills to a worldwide audience. learned to play classical guitar and later flute, studying music at Durham University. Apart from performing in many events, he began working as an orchestrator and was soon writing for projects as diverse as Michael W. Smith's album Healing Rain, music from the Lord of the Rings trilogy, work for Sir Cliff and the Prague Symphony Orchestra. He and his wife Kristen developed a passion for writing modern hymns, often rooted in a distinctive Celtic style and sometimes in collaboration with songwriter Stuart Townend. Their song In Christ Alone has been sung around the world and recorded by many different artists and there have been countless new songs since. He and Kristen split their time between Nashville and Port Stewart in Northern Ireland these days and Keith joins me in the studio today. Hey John. Nice to see you once again. Let's go right back, if we may. What, what was it like growing up in Northern Ireland during the Troubles? How aware were you of what was going on? Well, when you grow up anywhere, whether it's, whether, it's, whether it's Jerusalem or Ireland or Beirut or wherever, or London or wherever it is, you, you don't really think about it that much. Um, it's only in recent years that I've both realised that, that that did create quite a negative culture. Um, that I and everybody else has to learn to deal with and adjust. But I think more than that, I, I'm thankful for, for the upbringing I had. You know, I, you spend many years thinking you're the poor relations. 
Um, and yet at the same time, Steve Jobs talks about creativity as the combination of our experiences. And I was, I was brought up in a conservative Christian home where we didn't listen to pop music, so it had to be church music. We had to listen to congregational music, Bill Gaither, traditional hymns, whatever it was, it was songs of fellowship, mission praise. We, it was congregational music. And then I studied classical music and um, I was Irish and I was a Presbyterian theological nerd, and so the combat. But yet, the combination of those things, when you when you put them in the when you put them in the juicer and and press go, out comes the hymns that we write today. Right. So, so I look back on it now with a tremendous thanksgiving. That 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 island has given so many missionaries to the world and has birthed so many melodies. And so I am a product of of my home and I'm thankful for it. Did the troubles ever affect your family directly in any way? No, Kristen's Kristen's family uh, had a a shop in Armagh and she had an uncle who, who who was injured once, but but for the most for the most part we were we were thankfully it didn't really affect. You're the eldest of four children. Uh, a very musical family. Did your parents uh, play music in the house all the time? Yeah, yeah. Dad was a church organist and mum's a piano teacher. So uh, music was very much, it was what brought them together and it was kind of the central this, the central lang- language of life, really. And so I, I, originally I wanted to be Ian Botham, but I realized that I really wasn't that good at cricket. <laughs> and was, he, he might not be the best Christian mentor either. And so I, uh, but then at the age of 10, as you said, I, I got into the cl- classical guitar. And I got into the guitar. My grandfather, who was very traditional, was very unhappy about this, which only added to my intensity of wanting to learn the guitar. <laughs> so so, I, so that got me into And once I, once I did that, I, I never looked back again, so... And, and were your parents pushy parents, as we described them? Did you know, they, they really insist you, you listen, learn? I've tried to think about this. Because people have always said to me, you know, because you, 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 you have quite a lot of energy to do stuff in life. Quite often, you know, your, your, your parents were, go, were going really going after. They, they were very enthusiastic about it. I mean, we're doing three nights at the waterfront in, in a few weeks' time. And then we're flying over the, the, the first flight the next morning to do the big thing in Albert Hall. Then we're flying back the next day to do two nights with Songs of Praise. They're doing 15 songs in the catalogue for next year, which is really exciting. And of course, mum and dad will be at all six. You know, they'll turn up. So that, there was that kind of enthusiasm when we started the New Irish Arts. They were very into it. But I wouldn't call them pushing. My brothers and sisters are particularly wired similarly. And so they, they just did their own thing. And, and music came naturally to you. Did you have to slog away at it or, or did it come where you were an enthusiastic learner? Yeah, I, I was. I, I'm not sure. Obviously, there was a degree of naturalness to it. But I mean, I'm a songwriter today. And, you know, we've had. The songs have had good good success and and they're well accepted. But I, I was working this out when we finished the facing a task project because that was really that was really a lot of my outside of the Christmas music I write. That was a lot of my best music for four years. And I came to the conclusion that when I take all the tunes I write on my iPhone, all the tunes I record on the laptop, and all the tunes I write down in manuscripts, the ones that I'm really proud of, one out of 120 becomes a song. So so I, I am somebody who's very passionate about music, but I do have to work hard to get results. And I think as I get older, I think you have to even graft harder and search more. You know, and Christ Alone was something that was bursting to go. Those sort of melodies and the vision behind that and the collaboration with Stuart, that was that was very natural. For, we're, we're still, we feel we've had our best writing year together in seven this year, but we've had to work very hard. You started off 
doing a lot of orchestration as well. That strikes me as a very complex business because you've got to know the, the ranges of all the instruments, the limitations of instruments. Uh, there's a huge amount of copying to do. I don't know whether you got yeah, involved no, that's in right. all I of loved, that. I loved, I played the flute in an orchestra, but I always wanted to be the conductor, which may tell you more than you need to know about my personality. But I wanted to conduct, and, and then I, 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 I find my opportunities came by being a derringer. So the, being the ranger and the orchestrator got me into that. And so that was a great experience. But, you know, I don't do them now, although they were, um, they were actually very important. I, I, I've oft, I, it only dawned on me in, in the last couple of years that all those years of, of practicing, the flute, I, would get up, I would get up at six in the morning quite often and practice the flute for two hours. Okay. And so I'd do like 30 minutes embouchure. Then I would do 30 minute scales and arpeggios. Then I would break down the second hour into trying to play perfect melodies. Uh, James Galway, who I did, I did some work with, uh, always said, just try and play Irish. He said, Irish, Irish melodies and hymn melodies are the most perfect melodies in the world to play, to play, to, to, to learn how to shape a melody. And so all that, and also then becoming an orchestrator where I was the guy who basically helped shape somebody else's song. I look back at it now and go, that probably fed a lot into my approach to melody writing because I, I write melodies that you would play on a flute or I write melodies that, that would orchestrate, you know. So, so I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting kind of looking back now. Well, tell me a little bit about working with James Galway. I, I had an uncle who was a, a violinist and, and absolutely idolised James yeah, Galway. You know, I, I, I have to confess, I, I didn't do much. I, I, I did some, I, did, I was at his flute master class in Switzerland and he really inspired me, but he told me he felt I was a better I was a better arranger than I was flute player, which was kind of not kind of discouraging, but 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 but, but was helpful because it really realised it helped me refocus my strengths. And then he, he gave me some encouragement when I first started the arranging. So so not a lot, but a, a guy with a wonderful vision uh, for, for for melody that that, as I said, looking back now, has probably focused where we've gone. And, and when did that creative urge to, to write songs themselves rather than just parts for orchestras, etc. I mean, emerge? Was, was that always with you? Um, yeah, I, I'm, either, I'm either very stupid or just a really slow learner because I came up with songwriting kind of almost completely backwards. You know, I came out as a, as a player who became a conductor, who became a composer-arranger, who became an arrange, arranger of songs... Who became a songwriter? So I, I actually went about the entire process backwards, and to realize that I actually was really mediocre at all the things. I just wish somebody would sat down and went, you know, you're really mediocre at these things, uh, but they didn't. So, um, so that was the process. But I guess that's also the process that gave us perhaps, if we have a unique voice, um, if you, when you hear one, of, you, 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 I remember you said once before, when you hear one of my tunes, you always know it's my tune. So, so I guess if that is a unique voice, it's probably because of that process. Mm. Um, the, 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 that I went through. How, how does it work when you're working with someone like, like Stuart Tanner? Because you clearly have some very strong musical ideas. You, you know, yeah. that, that's all burned in your brain. I know uh, Stuart studied music as well, but, you know, sometimes the, the, the two things can clash, can't they? If you, oh, yeah, yeah. No, Stuart, Stuart, I mean, Stuart and I, we, we, we've always credited the songs jointly and not separated the credits because... He, he is such a fine musician. He he determines a lot of what the musical is about. And and although he's so although I'm although I'm the music writer, he influences it. And although he is the lyric writer, a lot of the times I thought I want a song about this. This is how I imagine this song to be about. And I don't have I don't have any of his talent, but 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 because of that, we sort of joint him. But it's basically my music and his his lyrics. And and he's he is he is a hard taskmaster. Is he? But but a very loyal 
but a very loyal taskmaster, you yeah. know. So he would, I remember one year we went, my wife and I got to live in the Swiss Alps. The first year we got married, so we got a year away and it was wonderful. And one of our friends from church said, we're going down to the south of Italy for a holiday for each one to come. And I went, no, I'm going to see Stuart the following Friday. And I got to spend the whole week just purely focused on writing tunes, writing melodies, because I want him to have a new song. I want us to have a new song. So I missed the entire holiday to Italy. And I went, I flew in on them a Friday morning, flew, you know, Geneva Gatwick, went to see him and played him all the tunes. And he just went, yeah, none of these are really special. And I had to go home <laughs> having missed the whole holiday no. and having nothing new. No. But he, you know, he made me have higher standards, you know, right. and I think anybody in life who brings us to a higher standard, you know, it's, it, it, they're helpful people to find, you know. Mm. Because they, you know, they, they they don't let you make your own same mistakes. How did you first meet Stuart? Did you just hear about him? Or yeah, well, I, I was in church service. I still remember that where I was sitting and where I was because I was I was getting very frustrated with modern worship music, and I was I was still remember where I was sitting when I heard this song called "How Deep the Father's Love," and I went, "That's what I want to do." And so I kindly Stephen and and John at Kingsway Duckerty and Pack at Kingsway introduced us, and so. We didn't necessarily click, I don't think. And he said, okay, well, send me one of your tunes and, and any ideas you have for the song. And, and if, if anything comes to me, I'll do it. So I sent him his tune and, and the idea of a hymn that goes through the life of Christ and what that means. And, and so he came up with In Christ Alone. That was our first song. So we should have quit after that, actually, because it's been totally downhill. <laughs> I don't know. Well. You, may, you, you may well better it. Now, that very often songwriters don't always recognise their various tune. When, you, when you'd completed that, did you think, this is a world-beater? Because it really has been a sensationally successful yeah, yeah. song. No, I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know. I actually sent him, the truth is, I sent him two melodies, and the other one has been a complete flop of a song, and I couldn't tell the difference. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. So the other one was called John All the Glorious Names, and, uh, and uh, yeah, it was a disaster. It tanked. Any idea how many how many people have actually recorded that song? Because it's been much recorded. Oh, it's in it's in, it's in the, I know it's, it's it's in the hundreds for sure. Is it really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Fantastic. Jonathan Brown at Kingsway. They they recently were doing a lot of work in the Far East, um, uh, especially with China, but also um, South Korean people as they got. And, and they reckon CCLI claim that over fifty million people in the world sing it each year. And uh, fifty million, fifty million. A year. But but Jonathan reckons Jonathan they reckon with the feedback they're getting from Asia, from India, China, Korea, those kind of countries, that the numbers actually could be beyond a hundred million. So, Gee, so I don't know. As there was, but I mean, there was that was our first song. I and like I've been trying to do something as good as that for fifteen years since, and sensationally failing. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, so you know, I, that was a that was just a unique. Space and time, and you've quite a catalogue of songs since. I mean, you've written some stuff on on your own as well, haven't you? And you've collaborated with others as well. Yeah. And a number of albums have come out. Yeah, yeah. I think every year, um, I find it gets harder. And I reckon by about two thousand and five, I'd run out of ideas. And then I just married Chris, and she came up with a lot of freshness, and she fresh refreshed me. And then by two thousand and ten, I would say we were we were struggling because we wanted children, and um, and so she was writing a little less and. I think also just as the company grew in the states and the, and the, the pressure of managing people, and then, and then we just, then we had this opportunity. Billy Graham asked us to do some music for a Christmas event, and that of course became our Christmas show, which plays on PBS. It's the only it's the only Christian show on PBS Christmas show, and it's the only Christian show in the Carnegie Christmas season and in the Kennedy Center Christmas right. season. So that was a refreshing thing. And then last year, this missional opportunity with facing a task unfinished. I think that busted doors open for us again. We all started to work with some contemporary artists and started to be even think about some global music. And I think for about the last 
12 months, I think I finally, we finally began to do better again. So, so it's been a long journey of keeping trying, you know, and, and there's, there's been a great album. It was called uh, the Irish Christmas album as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Joy, was it called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it came out again. I've had that, that's the one that's a TV show. So, oh, that uh, was for the yeah, TV show. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So, right. and that all started with doing, doing a few songs for this, a beautiful evening in Carolina that, that Dr. Billy Graham spoke out, which is great. So, And we'll hear more from my interview with Keith Getty in a couple of minutes. Stay with us. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Premier Christianity magazine in this month's issue. He's the pastor famous for marrying Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. We talked to the megachurch preacher, Rich Wilkerson Jr. Jesus told us to love our neighbors, but do we even know who they are? Read our shocking reports. Plus, discover how Catholics are questioning the Pope's views on doctrine and why are so many young men following Jordan B. Peterson? For your free copy, visit premierchristianity.com forward slash free sample. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Good afternoon. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam Hales. This afternoon on the show, we've got Keith Getty talking to my colleague John Pantry. It's a fantastic interview. Do hope you're enjoying it. We're going to pick it up in a moment's time. Just before we do, I wanted to let you know that you can, of course, hear John Pantry right here on Premier Christian Radio every weekday morning for the Inspirational Breakfast Show. That's John Pantry and Rosie Wright every weekday morning from 7am. It's a great way to start your day. Listen to Premier Christian Radio, the inspirational breakfast show. But now, time to hear the rest of that interview that John Pantry conducted with the singer-songwriter, worship leader, hymn writer, Keith Getty. Let's listen in. I went on to ask Keith about the albums of theirs that had won awards. How much did it matter? I don't really care. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> really, really? No, I no, I care about the songs. I mean, I I, I would tell you if, if if the songs were being sung less, that would bother me because I, I, I you know, or if the songs weren't being received well, that would bother me. So it's not a so it's not a any for any lack of drive or or, or pride, even pride, unfortunately. But it's a I I'm very focused at my job in life is to write songs for the global church. We live in one of the, and I think the most thrilling moment in history to be alive. There, there are more Christians in the world today. The Bible is in more languages mm. than at any point in history. Four and a half continents of the world, Christianity is growing. And in the one and a half continents that we, we live in, where Christianity is not growing, there are still believers in every city. But, but, but there is also a need in those one and a half continents for deep, deep songs. I think the church needs at this point deep songs that, that, um, that engage that engage the global church and help build Christians. If we are going to um, survive the challenges, um, both of aggressive militant atheism on one side and world religion on the other, um, we we cannot expect our children, my three little daughters that I left this morning very early, uh, and their children, we cannot expect them to survive, never mind thrive, never mind find the next Harvard and free the next free the slaves like Wilberforce and write the next Brandenburg concerto like Bach, unless we have deep believers mm. deep believers not just out of intellect out of some dull orthodoxy but deep believers who are also passionate who are also creative and artistic yeah. and are inspired to express this unique unique good news that is that is out of jesus 
On a different note altogether, you, you have you and Christian have two girls now. Three, right? three. We we can't I'm stop. I'm out of touch. We can't stop. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Three girls. How do, how do they, how do you cope as a family with living in between Nashville and Port Stewart? Well, it's not really between. It's it, we're, we're essentially students that never grew up. So we live we live in the south side of the city in Nashville. Built a house there, and it's um, and so we live there from September through to June, almost like you were a student. Right. And then we go home for the summer oh, to, to the little house by the beach in <laughs> Port Stewart. And, and I suppose it's like many kids as long as they're with their parents they feel they're home yeah they're doing good so far we we, we take it a step at a time and we we just have we, we have no fancy answers it's like you take the next chapter and go so what does it mean to write hymns and be stewards of them so five years ago or 10 years ago that meant we spent 36 weeks or weekends a year traveling to introduce the songs 15 years ago it meant just writing and then then five years ago it meant taking a break to have children then for the last five years picking up from the kids it's meant doing 12 weeks a year. And so we're probably moving to a new phase soon. Eliza's being homeschooled at the minute, but I don't, I don't think that's a long-term solution. So we'll, we, I think we'll probably, go to, we'll probably go to about 40 events a year in the next two years, which will be 12 weekends, plus a little extended Christmas run. And, and, and you're, you're writing children's songs now as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, 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 it kind of. Um, my, my, my children's music hero... I have two children, children's creative heroes. One is C.S. Lewis and one is oh, Cecil Francis Alexander. And Cecil Francis Alexander, of course, was was a bishop in Derry, which is my home county now. Uh, and she wrote, to, to try and teach eight-year-olds to understand theology, she wrote, the, set the Apostles' Creed to music. And so we believe in one God, maker of heaven and earth. She wrote a little song called All Things Bright and Beautiful, right. All Creatures Great and Small. Okay. You may have heard of it. Uh, once in Royal David City. <laughs> and every wedding I take. <laughs> once in Royal David City was, was, her, was her one became incarnate, born of a virgin. And there is a green hill far away was the one about the atonement. And, and, but it's interesting that she was so concerned about, about the lack of theology and what eight-year-olds sang. And yet those, sang, those songs in their original versions now would be disqualified from most churches on the basis that there's too many words for adults. Mm. Now that tells us a very shocking thing yeah, about the depth of believers. And um, so, so I interpret that with, with the kids. I want the kids to sing hymns both I guess want them to sing some of our hymns that our kids have learned and also we want them to sing classic hymns to bring with them because um that's what I mean obviously these albums are they're hip and they're fun and there's lots of there's Kayleys and there's and there's lots of actions and shouting and it's it's a it's a good time and we uh, kids are really hard kids are really hard to impress do you know what I mean so so when you're trying to get our kids interested in like they were like we were playing them songs and we could tell in the back seat of the car they were bored and there was even one that I loved and I played it to them and they went Turn that off, Dad. You know, so 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 we're we're doing twelve a year, and we want to basically teach our kids them one a month. And if nobody else is interested, that's fine. But um, <laughs> but that that's kind of the basis we're starting. With. I went on to ask Keith about his work with the charity Compassion. We work with we, we we've always been involved from the literally the first day Kristen and I met each other. Um, we worked together for we worked together for three years before she realised that I was actually attractive, and um, but uh, we've worked with kids mission and work. So we were involved with with African Children's and Fields of Life. It's always been a part of our lives. Compassion are our partners in America. Um, Stand by me is a small group that come out of our home church, which Kristen's dad started. So they they help us with our British concerts, but we always try to incorporate those organisations uh, wherever we go. Brilliant. How long did it take you to realise that she was attractive? About. Half a second. (laughs) (laughs) 
Finally, what what are your what are your plans in the years to come? You, you've talked a little about you know what you hope to be doing, but yeah. where do you see yourself in five or ten years' time? Oh, could, could you ever see yourself leading a church, for example? Well, well, every day we have on earth is given by the King. So, you know, we'd be thankful for the breath in our bodies today to get to walk around London and see your beautiful city, and that's and that's you know we don't we don't presume in tomorrow, but 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 part of I guess stewardship is is making plans. Um, I've I've felt for the last ten years there is such a need to build a catalogue of hymns for the global church and to be a steward of that and to encourage a new generation of people to do that. That 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 more than I, I don't I don't have a I don't have a tenth of the hours in a day I want to do that. Mm. And yet and yet with small with little daughters I, I I can't afford to work. I should have nine to five. This day in London is a we 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 get, I get one day a year at this because we've we've three daughters to raise. So yeah. so. So I think you know, I guess in five years time, I'd I'd love to be a better husband, and I'd love, I love my three daughters to know the Lord, and um, after that, if I can keep writing songs that aren't that aren't that aren't terrible, that would be good, and um, and and sure, we've you know we've always lived walking distance from our church, and because that was how Kristen grew up, and uh, we've been fortunate that our that when we lived in Ohio, then Nashville during these ten years in then in America, our best friends in both churches have been the pastor and his wife, so. So that's very much part of life, and our, our 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 offices are in the same building as our church. So we we, we feel very much attached to that. I, you know, my my five closest friends at school all became pastors, really, except for two. Was, me, me and one other, me and one other guy. And so I, I I do think about it a lot. You know, should I be, should I should I I be a pastor? But every time I go ask somebody, they always go. No, you'd be a terrible pastor. You've you've no skills for that. You know, you'd have no talent at that, and you'd upset everybody. So I don't know. <laughs> Either way, I'll be I'll be trying to serve the church for the rest of my life with 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 hopefully with every with every breath I get. So well, I I along with many other people hope you keep on writing and producing songs like In Christ Alone and many many others. Well, thanks, John. Bless you, Keith. Thanks thank so you. much for talking to us right, today. Thank you. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Sam Hales, and that was my colleague John Pantry interviewing Keith Getty. I do hope you enjoyed that. If you want to hear more interviews just like that with well-known Christians from all walks of life, why not check out the Profile podcast? Just go to premierchristianradio.com forward slash the profile. You'll be able to access past shows, past interviews the team here at Premier have done with some wonderful people. And every week we're bringing you a brand new interview, not just here on Premier Christian Radio, but also on that podcast. It's the Profile podcast. You can get it wherever you download your podcast from or just go to premierchristianradio.com forward slash the profile just before we leave you time to let you know that this show is brought to you in association with the UK's leading Christian magazine Premier Christianity magazine for your free sample copy of the latest issue just go to premierchristianity.com but that's all we've got time for here on the profile we'll see you next week Welcome to Cape and Ray Hall, nestled in the beautiful landscapes between England's national parks. As a Bible school, we offer short-term courses aimed at fostering your spiritual growth and living in a community. Our historic manor house has something for everyone. You can enjoy indoor and outdoor adventures, connect with students from around the world, and learn how to deepen your relationship with Jesus Christ. Search Cape and Ray England for more information.